Hey, this is Thomas Ian Nicholas. You are listening to The Rad Dad Show. Of course, you might also know me better as Kevin from American Pie, the, the parents, not the kids, or Han Henry Rora when Gaga Nerner. Amazing. I love it. Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, welcoming you back to the Rad Dads Show with our first episode of 2024. As always, we're the punk rock parenting podcast that asks inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? I'm extremely excited to bring you all an interview with someone who played a role in my childhood and teen years, as I'm sure he did for most of you listening. I remember going to the Town Theatre in Medicine Hat, where I grew up, to see Rookie of the Year, where 12-year-old Henry Rowengartner gets drafted to the Chicago Cubs. A few years later, I saw American Pie, where Kevin Myers starts a pact amongst his friends to lose their virginity before the end of high school. It was a generation-defining movie with some iconic scenes and quotes, and of course, both of these characters were played by none other than Thomas Ian Nicholas. While he's still acting, Thomas has also been an active musician for over 15 years, and he's currently gearing up to release his seventh studio album on May 17th on Spam Records. And of course, along with all of this, he's a dad to two kids, Nolan and Zoe, and he stopped by to chat about the importance of making purposeful time for our kids and about the differences between first and subsequent children. He also talks about how his son has taken up acting. He recently appeared in M. Night Shyamalan's movie, old, but also about how, despite his son entering his teen years, Thomas will never show him American Pie. And of course, we covered so much more. We also had some questions submitted by nine-year-old Billy Dixon Jr., who's a huge fan of Rookie of the Year, so that was also a ton of fun. And Thomas also talked about the new album and the first few singles that have been released, so make sure to check out the latest one, Better Than Home, which we've linked directly from our link tree. And you can catch Thomas on tour with Don't Panic right now, actually, uh, later this year with Punk Rock Factory and even Goldfinger. He's touring all throughout 2024. And even from your couch, you can catch Thomas in his new Tubi show, Underdeveloped, which is a mockumentary about a group of failed producers, which his son's in as well, along with Tom Arnold, David Koechner, and others. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Welcome to 2024 with Thomas Ian Nicholas of American Pie and the Thomas Nicholas Band on the Rad Dads Show. Hey, Thomas, I really appreciate you joining me on the Rad Dad Show today. I'm going to start the way we always do, and that's by asking you, who are you? Uh, who am I? That's a question I ask myself every day that I haven't been able to come up with an answer with, but I'll give you my uh, my best guess. Uh, no, my name is Thomas Nicholas or Thomas Ian Nicholas. Uh, I have two kids, um, so I'm I'm thankful that at least somebody is calling me a rad dad today. Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily know that I'm always a rad dad to my kids, but I try. And uh, I'm an actor, a musician, um, and yeah, I uh, I've been I've been working since I was a kid myself. So, people, a lot of people probably know you from American Pie. Uh, people know you from Rookie of the Year. You're you mentioned you're a musician, and that's kind of your you know a big focus of what you're doing right now. Um, so tell me quickly just a little bit about that. Like where where can people find you? What are what are you up to? Um, they can find me if you search anywhere like Thomas Nicholas Band. You can find me on your favorite you know listening app. Uh, I know Spotify is a big one, obviously. 
and that's how you find me search thomas nicholas band um i have been playing music for a long long time since i also was a kid i'm currently working on my seventh album that's being produced by taylor carroll uh, of lit the drummer from lit um and then we've got some great features coming up so far we've released three singles of the new album uh the fourth one is coming at the end of february featuring aaron jones and cat leone from holy wars and then after that i'm going to have the early november featured as well as the title track will have an awesome feature from bowling for soup which uh has a competing dad podcast called right. the Rocks dad show <laughs> and you know Jarrett reddick he's been on the show so you know even though it's uh you know maybe uh in the same space competing uh yeah we're we're friends and and we love that podcast and those guys Jarrett's amazing so yeah, yeah cool no, I, I only just obviously it's not it's not a competition we want everyone to be a, a rock star rad dad we're all in this together um okay so you're a dad how old are your kids uh, my daughter is seven and my son is 12. So okay, and for a minute. <laughs> and you kind of hinted at this before, but do you consider yourself a rad dad? I mean, I do, but at the same time, I'm now like kind of my son's, you know, on the cusp of that teen year stuff. So I have my, I still have my moments. I'm still cool, but I know it's coming. It's coming soon that, uh, that I will not be cool. Yeah. So, well, how do you, I mean, there's kind of two sides to it, right? So there's like, well, what do I think is a good dad or a rad dad? What do my kids think about that too? And, and their opinion, well, as you and I know, is going to change over time, right? And, right. and how they view us is going to change over time. What to you though, what do you think are kind of the qualities of a rad dad? Um, well, the I mean, the number one quality, I think, in, in all parenting is not perfection, but just time spent with your kids. Um, that's where they're going to learn the most, you know, through osmosis, through watching how we react to things. And uh, in that respect, uh, I'm certainly also not a perfect person. Um, and, you know, in recent years, I have been touring a little bit more with my band, which does mean that I'm gone a little bit more. But I try to, when I'm here, be, you know, uber present. I'm, you know, I'm get up no matter what time I go to bed and take them to school. If I am home, if I land at like midnight from, you know, a weekend or a week of touring, I, I am up the next morning taking the kids to school. So in that respect, I think, you know, I'm a rad dad because I'm present and I, I'm around. And that's, I think, all it really takes. So all the other stuff is just details. Yeah, and we could we could argue about that philosophically or whatever. But I I think that regardless of what I do or how I interact, as long as I'm present, that makes me a rad dad. And I think anyone can accomplish that. Yeah, that's uh, th that's really cool. Like, I kind of like that, that it kind of starts with that uh, being present and, you know, uh, being involved. And then everything kind of filters down from that. It's kind of like a sub sub point of that. I actually have um, a special guest um, who has sent in a question for you. Um, so this, uh, this guy, his name's Billy Dixon Jr. So he is, his dad is actually a rad dad, Billy Dixon. He plays in the band Chicks Dig It, but he heard that you were joining us on the, the podcast. And um, Billy, his like favorite movie right now. He's huge into baseball. I think he's nine years old um, and he loves rookie of the year. And so he wanted to ask you a couple of questions. So I'm going to pull those up right now. We love uh, getting questions from 
uh, from other people um, when they're excited about our guests, but especially kids. We've had kids uh, ask questions a few times and I just love that. Um, so here we go. I'm going to pull up Billy. Just make sure you can see this. Yeah, I got it. Awesome. Okay. And it should share sound here too. Hi, my name is Billy Dixon Jr. I have, I have two questions. Uh, are you a fan of baseball? And if you are, what is your favorite team? And do your kids play any instruments? Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Dude. Billy, for those questions. Um, those questions are awesome. Those are great questions. Okay. So now I have to figure out how to stop sharing. Give me one second. Here we go. <laughs> if Billy was here, he could figure out for you like in two seconds. Yeah, exactly. And actually Billy, so Billy was going to join us in person, but he's actually sick right now. So his dad ah. sent in the questions. So um, yeah, I hope you feel better soon, Billy, but maybe I'll, so I'll turn it over to you, Thomas. So I think his first question was, are you a fan of baseball? And if so, what's your favorite team? Uh, well, I, I'm a fan of the Cubs because I was a Cub. Uh, yeah. And I'd be heartless if I wasn't a fan of the Cubs. I don't really follow sports in particular. I never really have or started to after that. Uh, but I have kind of always kept an eye on what the Cubs are doing. And I've been throwing out the first pitch for them once a year since 2008 and singing the seventh inning stretch, which is a lot of fun for me to be back on the field and, and be super nostalgic. So um my kids as far as instruments yes they play my son has been playing piano since he was three so now he's 12 and doing you know a recital once a year his last recital was incredible um and he also is a fantastic vocalist and so he um and he's well i mean not that this is music but he's following in my footsteps as an actor so he did the m night movie old Right. He was the kid on the beach. And then he's in my new TV show, Underdeveloped. He plays Tom Arnold's son currently. And I re I brought this up because he's in a, a school play. Um, Newsies playing the role of Crutchy, which has him singing and dancing. Um, so, yeah, he's a vocalist and a piano player. My daughter, uh, she has been doing School of Rock and also been taking piano lessons. She just started with piano, maybe like you know, maybe like six months ago, I think she did like two weeks of lessons and then like played the recital. It was crazy. <laughs> um, so they have a, a, you know, a lot of natural musical ability, but yeah, she's in school of rock and she's uh, <laughs> interested in playing the drums, which is probably like every parent's least favorite <laughs> instrument to have their kids play. Cause it is by and large the loudest one. I do have a drum set, but I have no place to set it up uh, at home. Uh, so she's just been going to school of rock. So, well, that's amazing. Well, first of all, thanks to Billy for sending in those questions. Hope you feel better. Um, I'm going to pick up quickly. You mentioned your daughter uh, wants to play drums. So your daughter's seven, right? You said. Yeah. So my daughter's eight. She just turned eight and she just started playing drums, actually. So it's funny you say that. She, you know, that that was her choice. Like, you know, I play guitar and a little bit of drums. Um, I really wanted her to take guitar. So she's actually doing guitar and drums. Um, but it's been awesome to see. Like, it's it's pretty cool. And the one thing I'll say to you, and a few people have told me this too, uh, and you would know this, is if you're a drummer, you can play in whatever band you want. Like, you know, every city has, you know, guitarists or a dime a dozen, you know, people can sing and whatever. Um, but no one can find a good drummer. So I don't know, maybe it's a good option for her. No, I think I think it's great. And I mean, I'm all for it. She's been doing like the the school of rock, like music 101. So they kind of play everything. 
And each time I sort of ask the teacher, hey, what was she gravitating towards? And they keep telling me drums. She started out because I play guitar, wanting to play guitar. Yeah. My son kind of what like was interested in it for a minute and then steered away from it. So I got him like a little Yamaha and he's like, Zoe can have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but then, you know, the drums is kind of more exciting. But, you know, listen, the piano is a percussive and melodic instrument and totally. the basis of everything. I wish I could play piano. Me too. Because everyone I know that started with piano can play everything. Totally. Drums, guitar, bass, you know, you name it, they're in. And I'm like, I play guitar and I can like fight my way through a bass and that's about it. Yeah, I totally feel the same way. I wish going back that I um, had had taken piano lessons. Um, I think the hardest thing with piano lessons, like at least for me, taking guitar, um, and I, I think it's this way for my daughter with drums, is you can connect it to the music that you listen to, like to, to I guess to modern music, modern pop music. Piano is that little bit more challenging to do that I think um and so you know for me as a young guy it was like oh I can play Nirvana now right I can learn the the riffs from you know from Nevermind and stuff but um yeah piano I, I don't know if I would have stuck with it it's so it's hard to say but good for for your son for sticking with it that's I, amazing I hear what you're saying because like piano definitely leans itself toward the classical pieces they make the most sense and yeah, it's not, you know, what you're what you like on the radio, which is, again, probably why I didn't gravitate at starting playing music at like 14. I wanted to play Nirvana and Green Day. Um, my son kind of started with the the like he started at three. The deal I had with him was I knew it was muscle memory. Yep. So the, the trade was 10 minutes of piano and you can watch your favorite show. 10 minutes of piano and you can play that video game. 10 minutes of piano and you can do whatever it is that you want. Yep. And so that was my thing. So I never tried to get him to play an hour a day. It was just 10 minutes. Slowly, years into it, I would give, I would say, trade him the 10 minutes. He'd go in there for a half an hour. Yeah. Because when you're not asking for the hour, you know, they'll, they do what they want or do what they're into. And then yeah, yeah. recently he just started playing like some cold play, I think, on piano. Cool. Um, and kind of like, I think by ear, which is pretty, pretty cool. Good for him. What do your kids think about uh, your career as a musician? You said, as you said, you've been playing for a long time. So what do they think when they see, I mean, they're, they're probably used to seeing dad up on the screen and stuff, but what about up on the stage? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, they're more aware of like the acting stuff. I know like recently my daughter will, when I go on tour for, you know, longer than a, you know, five days or so, and she misses me, she'll put on one of my movies like Ricky yep. of the Year or Kid and Hear Others. That's Sport. sweet. Uh, yeah, not American Pie. Um, they have they have not seen that yet, nor will they ever. Uh, so, yeah, I don't. I mean, they know like what I'm doing, and obviously, I'm playing some of the the cuts from the studio when I finish them, and they like the the songs from the new record. Um, but they've only been to a couple of shows. I mean, mainly the shows are at night, past their bedtime. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think yeah, my son came to see me at a festival recently that was at like a high school. Um, is that like a Catholic school, like here in town that they do every year in May. And, and, uh, and so we got to like, see the band perform. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. They, I don't know it's their mom's a musician also, and she sings and, and DJs and, and plays around the world. And they're kind of just like, nah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just normal, right? Like growing yeah. up around all this stuff, it's totally normal. Um, 
yeah, what we see from the outside is like, oh, that's really rad. It's just normal for them. That's just dad. Yeah. It's uh well, but that's that's kind of a good thing because I think that it gives them at least for for what I see is that it gives them the opportunity that they can do anything they want in their lives. There's no sort of you know cut and paste of you know, hey, this is what you're expected to do. It's find something you love and you can learn how to make a living out of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, where were you in your life and your career when you had kids, when you became a dad for the first time? Um, let's, see, let's rewind here. 12 years. Let's see. I was in my, I was around 30 or so. I mean, at that point, I'd already been married for a couple of years um, or a few years. So, I mean, I, I knew that I always wanted to be a dad. Um, and, you know, it was just a, a question of, of the, the timing and, and, uh, and things. And yeah, I mean, I was still doing the same thing, still had the band and, and the acting. And I, I had started producing some of my own stuff even as early as 22. So all the same things that I'm doing now. Were you worried that that was going to change anything? Were you worried that, um, you know, it would take your focus away or uh, did you have, you know, other fears about becoming a dad? Um, no, no. I mean, I, I have, I'm the youngest of seven. Oh, uh, okay. So there's like 25 nieces and nephews running around. So, I mean, I remember like, you know, watching my nieces and nephews when I was a teenager. So, I mean, it was, I knew what, what to expect. I knew there was going to be a lot of challenges with it. Uh, or as I like to call parenting, the most rewarding challenge. Yep. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the, the, I, I, I didn't really have any fears. And I think my schedule changed a little bit at the time that I started, you know, having a family and, and being, and started around being a dad, I was doing maybe like two to four months of, of, you know, films and maybe about 20 to 30 shows a year. Now I'm still doing about like two to four months of acting, but now I'm doing like about a hundred shows a year. Wow. So I think just my, my schedule has changed and shifted uh, in that respect. But in that regard, I think it, it allowed me to be more present during the earlier years of like when my kids were infants and toddlers, which I think is, you know, would have been way more challenging to be like, here you go to their mom. Like I'm out. Yeah. I mean, she was touring at the same time. So, but you know, diaper changes are when you need, you know, all hands on deck. (laughs) Yeah. You, you know, baby crying in the middle of the night kind of thing. Right. You can't do that over FaceTime. So no, no. Um, And, and, you know, speaking of that, like think things have evolved too. Right. So I imagine that um, as your kids have gotten older, as your schedules changed and things have, uh, things have evolved with your career and your music and stuff. You might be away more, but there are some different ways of staying connected. Like, do you find uh, you have strategies to kind of stay connected to the kids even when you are away? Yeah, for sure. I mean, now that they're older, obviously, you know, age of seven is the age of reason. So now I can, uh, my son's got a phone so I can drop him a, a text message whenever I want or a voice text or, you know, drop him a line and say, hey, are you free to FaceTime? Um, and then with my daughter who doesn't have a phone yet, uh, I I send voice memos if she's not available when I've got like, you know, a 10 minute window to say goodnight. Um, you know, if it's they're with their mom or they're with, you know, my, my mom watching them, uh, that's sort of the strategy is to drop messages just to let them know that I'm thinking about them when I'm on the road and and away working and stuff. 
yeah, it's nice to have that, um, nice to have that ability, that flexibility to, uh, to kind of connect, even if it's just little, little connections here and there, right? Like, you know, for all the, all the, um, other stuff that comes with te the technology we have today, right? It doesn't come without its negatives too, but that's such a nice thing about being able to stay connected to our families. Yeah. I've made a big concerted effort and I'm still, I have a lot to, a, a, a long way to go. Uh, but I've tried to start to put my phone away when my kids start talking to me or to say to them like, Hey, I've got to just do this one quick text message that I'm in the middle of. And then when I engage, like put my phone away and say, Oh, Hey, what did you want to say? Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm working on that because you know, that's the thing too, is that sometimes then they forget. So I've learned like, okay, well, can this message wait? five minutes so that I can, or three minutes or one minute so I can put them as the priority. But, but in doing so, it says a lot. I don't know. I saw this is going to, I mean, we all scroll through feeds, right? Yep. But I saw like someone say like what it means. Like, imagine if we're doing this interview yep. and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Being a dad's great, Brett. Um, yeah, totally. Um, oh yeah. What was that? Like, it says a lot to you about the yep. importance of this conversation just by holding my phone or even if I'm just holding it. Yeah, totally. It's like I'm waiting for something more important. And so I've tried to like, just shove it in the pocket and be like, Hey, what's up? It's so hard though, too. And I imagine as, as a guy, you've got acting, you've got your band. And I know with like being in a band, that's a lot of work to like in today's day and age, especially like you got to be engaged on social media. You got to be responding to comments. You got to, you know, be doing interviews. You got like, there's lots happening and that's all coming in on your phone. Right. So yeah, but it's you also, it's also just never ending. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing is I've, I'm learning and though I'm not corrected on it yet, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying, uh, but I am aware that I'll be like, Oh, I just got to sit down and add these dates into my calendar really quick. I look up and like 45 minutes has gone by and yeah. now I've missed that window of hang time with my kids. And I'm like, I got to learn to just go, I'm going to do that later. The kids are the priority right now. But, you know, when you're your own boss and you're kind of in charge of all these different avenues. Yeah, it is. It's it's a balancing act for sure. There's a lot of things coming in and you're always you're having to be careful about uh, prioritizing things properly. Right. I'm the same way. Like, it's like, oh, I get an email about something. It's like, there's, I don't have to answer that now. I don't have to answer that later today, even tomorrow. It doesn't matter. But you feel like, oh, I need to respond to that. Right. And so, uh, you know, working through that is really tough. And I, I struggle with the same thing with my kids. Yeah. We, I think the like, I hate talking about the lockdown period, but the lockdown period prioritized technology to a different way. Like, I got a phone call today. And it showed me the name, but they weren't programmed in. I thought it was a sales call. So I do this thing where I just answer and I don't say anything. And then if it's a sales call, they'll hang up because they yep. don't hear the hello. They don't like get the engagement, right? Or the computer doesn't start or whatever. Yep. So, but I hear a person say hello and then they like hang up and they send a text and they're like, you know, with like a question mark, like Thomas. And I'm like, I'm so curious to know who this person is, but I'm thinking to myself, if it was someone actually trying to get in touch with me, they would like send a little follow up, you yeah. know, like tell me what they wanted. But the connection that I have to technology because of that time period where we were, that was the only interaction we have with our friends and family outside of our home. 
it's hard to let that go when you get that email or that text. Then it's like spinning in the back of your mind and you're only half paying attention to the live children in front of you. That's such a good point. I never really thought about that, that, it, you know, like we look at like, you know, all the advancements with Zoom and all, you know, all this stuff that happened kind of as a result of a, a bad situation with the, the pandemic. But um, yeah, it's like maybe it kind of trained our brains a little bit to, to like be hyper aware of our technology. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, like I said, technology is like my greatest friend and my worst enemy. Yeah, totally. All in the same breath. <laughs> You mentioned American Pie and, you know, coincidentally, you have a son who's just entering sort of teenage years. I'm kind of curious, like, looking back on that. Okay, so American Pie was a big movie for my generation. I'm a couple of years younger than you. So it was like I was in like junior high, high school when that came out. And that was like, a, I mean, that was the movie of our generation, right? But looking back on it now, I'm like, Oh my God. Like I'm trying to put my kids in that situation. I'm like, my parents must've been like, well, I don't know if they ever saw it, but my, if they had, they would have been like, Oh my God, is this what my kids are talking about and going through? Like, do you kind of like, do you think about that now as your son's becoming a teenager? Like, you know, that, um, they, they just keep becoming more independent, right? Are you worried about that? I mean, I have, I have two girls and people keep telling me like, they're going to love you so much until they're 12. And then it's over. <laughs> well, how, how old are your kids now? You so I have a, and... I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. Okay. Five and eight. So almost like a, a similar age difference, three instead of four, but a yep. similar age difference. Um, Yeah. You know, well, first of all, I'm going to make us both feel old. This year, this summer marks the 25th anniversary of American Pie One's release date. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I didn't feel old already. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Number two, I've been asked this question a lot uh, in interviews over the last few years about like, when am I going to show my kids American Pie? Um, and so the answer is never. I The first time I watched the completed film, I was sitting next to my own mom, which was <laughs> an a, just the most embarrassing thing that you could think of during particular scenes yes. uh, of that film. And I didn't even have to do like any of the crazy stuff. Um, so I think it's the idea that I'm not saying that my kids can never see it. I'm just saying, I'm not going to sit down with them and be like, it's time, <laughs> you <Yes>. know, <laughs> like, no. Um, as, as far as like being worried about it, I think, um, you know, each each kid is is their own personality. And so I'm sure you can relate to this because this is generally the the nomenclature or the the stereotype, as it were. Uh, and I think that I have a theory on this. Uh, and the theory is that your firstborn kid is surrounded by adults. So they the the brain goes, OK, cool. There's no direct threats around us. We're going to uh, develop the brain as the first thing. And then so you end up with your first kid is generally, and this is, the you know, can be different, but generally is more intellectual. Your second kid sees the other kid around and goes, okay, threat. So the brain goes, great, we're going to develop physically more. So the second kid is usually uh, walking faster, balance, has better balance, 
you know, but like, and the brain develops, but just secondary to the physicality. So you always wind up with like a more adventurous second kid. Oh yeah. Which is more by and large, the more, the one you're more worried about when they're teenagers. Yep. The intellectual one, you know, you can reason with them. You know, you're going to be, they're going to be like, they'll probably make like pretty good choices. You know, we'll, we'll have to talk things out. There'll be moments, but the second kid, you're always like, man, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. I totally feel the same way. And it's definitely that way with my, uh, with my second, she's just like into everything and just, you know, kind of super independent and, um, yeah, definitely worried about that. Got a few more years, hopefully before uh, <laughs> that becomes a, a major problem for me. Yeah, you're good. She's only five. So you're, right. you've got, you've got like 10 years. Right. Well, congrats on the 25th anniversary of American Pie. I mean, I, I set your life off and I, well, you were already on that path, but I know American Pie was a huge, huge thing for you and for everyone involved in that movie. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very, very grateful for uh, the success of those films and the opportunities and doors that it opened for me. I mean, even to this day, uh, you know, with doing, um, you know, my rendition of uh, Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's mom and turning yeah. it into Stifler's mom, uh, as well as, you know, my, after becoming friends with Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup, uh, our mutual friend, uh, you know, doing the parody of 1985 entitled 1999, singing all about American Pie. So it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. And a lot of people, um, you know, steer away from some of those success things. And I know that I've been instructed to at certain times to like focus on my more serious roles. But at the end of the day, I just want people to be entertained. So especially if I'm doing like a meet and greet at a concert or I'm at a Comic-Con as a guest, I fully and wholly embrace those things because it just makes people happy. And and yes, I got my serious roles that are different from that. Yep. And I'll still do those, but I don't have to like erase that which exists in order to do other things that I'm into. Totally. There's nothing wrong with honoring that huge part of your life, right? Like, I mean, this is a, a, a cultural phenomenon, that movie. And so if that's how people um, connect to your music, maybe for the first time or, or whatever it is, like, that's cool. I mean, it's, it's the type of thing where I plan on having, I have the, I think the similar sort of thing like and and there's even a correlation here with like someone who I don't know but I know their career Josh Brolin perfect okay. example right so obviously would love to do some of the things that he's done he's been in the Marvel universe would love to do that my film adverse got compared to his film old boy especially with like the crowbar you know fight scene at the end of my film was an homage to his uh in old boy and so um <laughs> There was a, a thing I saw that for Halloween, he dressed up like his character from the Goonies. I've done that, obviously, and dressed up like Rowan Gardner, at least with the jersey. Uh, I did it for a charity event for uh, Seth Rogen's wife's hilarity for charity a few years ago. Oh, cool. Uh, and that picture ended up as my Allen and Ginter tops card, the picture from the red carpet, dressed as Henry Rowan Gardner. So I think that's a that's a prime example that you can have a career and do a lot of different things and still embrace, you know, uh, a quote unquote, um, memorable role from your youth. Totally. Yeah, it's great. And, and, um, you know, even when you see, you know, scrolling through your social media accounts and stuff, you see those connections to, um, you know, rookie of the year or to American pie, it brings you back too. like, it, it brings me back, uh, to, 
to watching those movies. Um, so yeah, totally cool. Um, you mentioned your mom and watching American Pie with your mom. Are you able to talk a little bit about your relationship with your mom, your dad? Um, and, you know, maybe, I guess, how you have uh, taken your experience as a child and maybe apply that as as a parent to yourself? Uh, for sure. I mean, I think the the number one way that I, I kind of see parenting as the primary thing is spending time and, and being present when you are there is because of how my mom was with me. I have a great relationship with my mom. Um, she's the go-to, uh, you know, person that gets called to watch my kids, which I think is awesome because um, it's, we're very fortunate that we have her to do that. Um, and so that way they can be watched by a family member and still kind of have that osmosis, you know, stay in the, in the, in the family tree, so to speak. Um, and my mom's great. She, yeah, she's amazing. I, I, I got started in my career at the age of six based upon an opportunity that was through her, but it, she never pushed me into it. And then she sacrificed a lot to, to support my, um, my endeavors toward building my career. So I owe uh, a lot of what I've been able to create to her. And she's still the number one person that I, I will call to say, hey, what do you think about this? Um, and her opinion means a lot to me. Um, and and she's, she's brutally honest. She is not like an enabler of just like supporting whatever I do. I remember like one of the first times I started writing music when I was like, like 14, 15. I was like, hey, mom, check out this song. She listened. She goes where's the bridge? <laughs> so she's, you know, she's my, my biggest fan, but also, you know, my most honest critic. So she's, she's, she's great in, in all fronts. Um, Cause I think that's important is to, to, to have people that you surround yourself with that aren't just yes people. Yep. Um, Cause you want to have that challenge to, you know, just be, be your better, you know? Yep. I, I, and maybe I'll take this to, you know, to your kids. Like, do you, do you think about that as you have conversations with your kids to like, I, I actually find it hard myself to, um, you know, you want to be supportive of your kids, but sometimes you want to kind of like give them the, you know, on this one, I think dad knows, dad knows more. And maybe you should think about doing it this way. Like, do you, do you think about that? What you kind of learned from your mom's approach on those things? I mean, yeah, but you know, I also am like, uh guilty of like the dad monologue <laughs> what's the dad monologue oh just like proving a point and just talking about it for way too long to the point where like what it's the dad lecture i think my my son calls it like oh not another dad lecture yeah you know because I'll, I'll like try to like you know turn something into a lesson and then just drone on and on about it which makes me a great guest for podcasts because i obviously have no fear in talking uh, but can make me uh, an insufferable dad at times. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of our job, I think, is to be a little bit insufferable at times. But um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about what you've got going on right now. Um, you just released a new single, Better Than Home. You've got a few other singles. I understand there's an upcoming album. Tell me a little bit about what's happening with that. And then I want to hear a little bit about Underdeveloped too. Yeah, um, I'm super, super stoked on this new album. Everyone that has that has been like, you know, following me on Patreon or like coming to shows for years uh, has been saying that the new songs are some of the best songs that I have uh, released to date. 
And I really owe a lot of that to Taylor Carroll. He's been really taking the time to kind of carve out a sound for me and, and pushing me hard, but in a positive way in the studio, I've been pushed in the studio in the past. Uh, one of my first producers was like pretty aggressive about it, about, you know, getting me to achieve more. And, and Taylor's just been like a positive sort of role in that, in that sense. Like I'll, kind of feel like i've blown it and he's like no good job keep going and it's just it's just a really like he's a good dude in that respect um and so yeah there's a, a full-length album coming out it'll be dropping may 17th okay I've we've just, got a date yeah i've just signed with um with a company out of austria called s or well i've been saying s spam they're apparently pronounced spam, spam but not it's not spam with a p like the food that you eat that's originally from hawaii in a tin yep. can but spam with a B. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they, it's, and I kind of have Jarrett Reddick to thank for this. He got, he did a, a documentary interview. They're doing a doc and they saw us doing the the song together in 1999, which I'm, I mentioned it before, but I'm pretty sure. And until someone corrects me that I'm the only artist that has done a parody of a song but written it and recorded it with the band that I was doing the parody of. Cause on my 1999 release, it's Bowling for soup behind me. I wrote the lyrics with Jared. He's singing backups. So it's not that weird Al thing where I love weird Al, but like it's not the weird Al thing where he's just doing the parody and recording it on his own. I'm with the band. That I'm like making fun of or parodying. I'm mean, I guess yeah. I'm not making Bowling for soup, but um it's it's so, kind of an homage to well it's an homage to American Pie obviously but an homage to uh, that amazing Bowling for Soup song too right and there's but I'm saying there's plenty of them that are out there like there's some great ones out there like a 2004 one uh, as well as some other ones and and but they're doing it on their own yeah I'm doing it I did it with the band but in any case the spam saw that and then asked Jarrett hey can you put us in touch and so I got to be in the dock in L A. I turned out I was playing the whiskey a go-go a couple of days later. They came to the show and they're like, Hey, what are you doing with your, your next album? I'm like, they're like, let's talk. So awesome. it only took me, you know, 15 years and a thousand shows to uh, sign my first record deal. Uh, but here I am an overnight success. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, congratulations. That's super exciting. The singles you've released so far, are amazing better than home sounds great i was interested kind of in same kids too because like the artwork for for same kids kind of references henry and so you know it's kind of curious about that connection and and um you know i guess you know to me it made me think about my own kids and kind of that connection back to to being young um like tell me a little bit about that seems like you know you've got songs about kids about home like do, you, do your kids kind of factor into that process at all well i think the the record the shape that it's kind of taken on and some of the people have commented on the sound that it's the the songs are super nostalgic uh or not i mean obviously not all of them tomorrow's gonna hurt really is like a self-aware uh song about you know our own faults and things but um the the same kids and better than home have this nostalgia vibe but they also have a modern kind of sound. And so they kind of have been bringing everyone back. And, and with that song, at first, Taylor and I kind of had this idea about like, you know, like a, a different sort of thing, but how we're, we're kind of the same 
we're still just kids. Like we're still like the same dumb kids, but it just ended up evolving into same kids. And, and really, as we started delving into the nostalgia, I just started picking things that we could all relate to from our youth that maybe this generation doesn't even know of. I mean, I remember the first time my son saw a VHS of a kid in King Arthur's court on my bookshelf. He goes, Oh wow, dad, they made a book of this. Like he just thought it was a book Yeah, because clearly like a VHS tape is, you know, the size of a book with the spine and the whole thing. So, um, I just wanted this nostalgia vibe. And and ironically, the day after we wrote that song, we had just finished the mix in the studio. And then One More Time by Blink came out. And I was like, oh, man, we essentially like wrote this a similar song. But the thing that the, the difference that I notate is that the Blink song was nostalgic and about them. Yeah, it was a song about them specifically. Yeah. And Same Kids was more for everyone. It wasn't yep. just about me. Uh, and that's why I put a picture of me from that film on there. Although I changed the logo so I wouldn't get in trouble uh, <laughs> to like a TNB logo from the Cubs logo. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, hilarious. of course you wouldn't. But that way the, <laughs> the MLB can't come after me. Um, and so I did that because I've learned through doing like Comic-Con events and meeting people that have grown up watching my films that we've I've kind of grown up together with a bunch of people that. I haven't met, but there's sort of a like a feeling that people get that they feel like they've grown up with me because of these movies. So I guess I just wanted to kind of tie that all together. Um, and that's why the the music video is I haven't done it yet. I'm only halfway done. I shot some scenes in fr- like walking in front of Wrigley Field. There's one social media post that I kind of yeah. teased it, but I found Oh, this is gonna. This is hilarious. So I had to buy this on uh, on Amazon. Let's see if you remember these things. You remember these things? I don't know. Is that like a, an adapter? An, an adapter for like a DVI? Yeah, yeah. So I found these. I, my mom had these high eight tapes, and I've got stuff that I haven't even looked at. Oh, that's awesome. from the set of filming Rookie of the Year. And so I'm going to like scroll through it and find some moments to cut into the music video as well as some other stuff from my youth. Like then like at, at like a certain point at 16, it basically just turns into like filming my band play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is so cool. And and so I get that same feeling when I listen to those songs and um, you know, it, it is neat. Like, just like you said, um, people feel like they grew up with you. I mean, I, I feel that way. Like, I remember going to Rookie of the Year in the theater as a kid. I remember watching American Pie with my friends and just like rolling on the ground laughing. And here we are uh, 25 years after that. And our kids are, you know, talking about starting drum lessons. And we're we're kind of connecting on that. So it, it is cool how, you know, we've kind of all come along on this journey together. Um, your band, speaking of your band and your album, you've just announced a tour as well. Yeah, there's a few tours uh, coming up. Um, I'm going to Germany for uh like 10 days and then the uk with don't panic another uh bowling for soup sort of uh esque family band since uh ted is rob's brother um and then um what else am i doing i've got another one i'm i'm going back to germany and austria for a big spam festival opening up for uh goldfinger which is pretty pretty cool and there's going to be a lot of other stuff in and amongst that that shows that i haven't even announced yet shows that i can't talk about yet until okay. the end of this month 
Um, but yeah, I was looking at my my calendar and it's only January and there's already like well over 40 shows that I've got planned for the year and that the uh the, the dates just keep coming in. So there's gonna be a lot of tour dates. So this is crazy. You've got full tour schedule, you've got an album coming out in May, plus uh underdeveloped just came out on Tubi. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, uh that's my new TV series. Um, it's a mockumentary similar, I guess, uh, to the office. Um, we, except the, the difference is we're a group of producers in a production office forced to work together, but we are the most innate and incompetent group of producers. Although, uh, I would say my character, Joe with his creepy mustache is the most competent of the incompetent producers. That doesn't say much for him though, because the other ones are are pretty incompetent. Uh, but Tom Arnold is our boss. David Keckner runs the other studio, and the show is a lot of fun. It premiered on Tubi uh, back in September, and depending on where you're at in the uh, in the country or the world, you can watch it on Tubi or Amazon Freebie, Amazon Prime. It's on cable now on Comcast, and even on like terrestrial TV like NBC. Uh, you know, all with commercials, so you don't even have to pay to see it. You can just Watch a few commercials. You want you want nostalgia? Watch some commercials. That'll bring you back. Yeah, there you go. That's a good connection to that nostalgia. Amazing. Well, there's so much going on. Uh, I'm so stoked for you. Um, I really appreciate your time today. Um, it, we'll share all of those things on our social media accounts and make sure everyone knows where to find um, find your new music and find Underdeveloped. Uh, we checked. Uh, you could get it on Tubi in Canada. So for our local uh, local listeners and, and viewers, um, they'll be able to get it as well up here. Um, yeah, thanks again for your time today. I want to ask you, do you have any advice out there for dads? Uh, anything you want to leave listeners with? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go back to my, uh, my primary thing is... Uh... You know, and 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 also to not, you know, everyone's always like, what do I do? How do I not make mistakes? And 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 the, the truth is we all are. There's no right way to do it, uh, to be a parent. I think the 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 number one thing is to spend as much time as we can with our kids and and when we are spending that time to give them as much attention as we can. Um, I know like I just read something also recently that was like, um, kids kind of rely on their 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 moms for like that comfort and safety and the dads for sort of like playtime uh and they get different things from that so uh i i wholly encourage and i love i love playtime video games board games yep. you know pretend whatever it is um so you know i i encourage that as well to have that that time no matter what age your kids are get that playtime in yeah find a way to connect with them in that way that's awesome advice. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it and wish you all the best in 2024. Thank you, Brad. Thank you so much for having me on, uh, on the show. All right. That was Thomas Ian Nicholas on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much to Thomas for joining us. And I also want to thank you for listening. The Rad Dad Show is a labor of love and people are always asking us, what's the best way to support you? To tell you the truth, the best way is to share this episode, share our posts, tell your friends. Drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All those things are really easy, but they mean so much to us. And if you take something away from an episode, something someone said, let us know. We love hearing those stories too. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show. 
and on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok at at Rad Dad Show. You can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well. Wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It helps us a lot. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.